The family has been under attack since the beginning of time. But recently, it seems like that the attacks have been amped up. Pride Month is being celebrated, and if you don't subscribe to their ideology, the so-called tolerant will turn on you. But what is wrong with just promoting the type of family that God instituted from the beginning? Welcome to the Josh Calloway Podcast. Welcome to the Josh Calloway Podcast. This is Josh Calloway, State Representative in the 10th District of Kentucky. Got my good friend, Mr. Aaron Wales, here with me this evening. How are you doing, Aaron? Doing all right. A little bit under the weather, but uh, I don't think I've got any kind of deadly disease or anything, but just a little little scratchy, but besides that, I'm all right. Well, good. Good to have you here. Also, I have my good friend, Mr. John Cox. Good to have you with us tonight, John. Appreciate you joining us. I hope uh, the trip was good for you coming up from Louisville. So, Brother, it's great to be here. Thanks a lot, Thanks a lot for having me. Oh, yeah. Look forward to the show. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, John has a podcast of his own as well, and we'll let him talk a little bit about that here in a few minutes and, and let the people know uh, what you're doing. And uh, But we, we wanted to bring in and have been bringing in different thought processes to some of the subjects that we've been covering. And we it seems like there are some things that are dominating mm-hmm. right now in the news. They're, they're dominating everywhere that we look. Yeah. And so it's hard to turn our attention even to other subjects. And we will uh, as, we, as we go through the shows and do different things. But... I wanted to talk back again and and really focus about the family today and mm-hmm. and what the family looks like, what it, what we're seeing in the day and hour in which we live, but also from the beginning of time, what has actually worked and what God instituted. And it seems like that just in the last ten to twelve years, we have come so far. Yeah from what God instituted in the beginning. I mean, yeah. <laughs> is that what you're seeing? Yeah. Well, and I mean. Obviously, we're right here at the beginning of June, which is, you know, the great celebration of Pride Month or whatever uh, in the United States and around the world, you know, I guess, where we get slapped in the face with uh, rainbow flags all month. And, you know, that's it. Whenever I see all of this going on, then it's a reminder to me that the corporations and all the people who change their social media profiles with rainbow flags in it, that they really they they never celebrate the 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 nuclear family like that ever mm-hmm. they never for the rest of the year post in their in their bios or in their pictures just like a normal family and say oh we support nor- normal families yeah and in fact um the the agenda that is being pushed in a lot of their bylaws and their mission statements from the LGBTQIA2 spirit smiley face <laughs> community then they actually do not, they hate the nuclear family. Oh, yeah. So this whole month seems like a celebration of people who despise the family that is the building block of any kind of civil society at all. Yeah, and I, I kind of wondered about this, John, because we live in Breckenridge County. Uh, it's farm country. It's rural. We I, I love being out here. You came by my house, so you see where I live and the view that I have out over the horizon and and just love being in the country it's a great place to raise a family you on the other hand was raised in eastern kentucky but now you live in the louisville area and i'm sure that you see uh, a vast difference in culture uh, in the urban area versus where you grew up at well i mean honestly this is a 
topic that is uh, very near and dear to my heart. And so, yes, it, listen, it's beautiful out here. I was telling him, whenever people talk about how beautiful Kentucky is, I'm always thinking, like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm from the Hollers, East, not, not as right. Eastern Kentucky. I ain't from where the money's at up in Pikeville. I'm from down, I'm from on down in southeastern Kentucky. All right. Like the train, high like rollers, the trains like, don't even yeah, go yeah. down in there. Um, but so it's all, I mean, obviously, people, People talk about the lack of fatherhood and all that. A lot of times mm. it becomes like a race conversation. Yeah. I'm here to tell everyone it is absolutely as bad of a problem right, yeah. in our mountain communities, in the Appalachian community. My own, my own biological father died of a drug overdose when I was 10. I, I don't know if I ever slept on the same roof as him. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I look around and see, like you're talking about this movement that's basically celebrating yeah. the lack of yeah. a nuclear family, lack of fathers. Yeah. And I can tell you from my day-to-day daddy issues that I have, yeah. all I've ever wanted, yeah, and all I think most people want, yeah. is a strong father and mm-hmm. in a, in a with a great relationship with their mother. Yeah. yeah. Do you so, think that the this the push to have, you know, um, gay or lesbian or homosexual couples adopt children? Do you think that you know, whenever I was in college, and it was like, oh, this is compassion toward people that don't have fathers or mothers or children that need to be adopted. And have you seen maybe in your community people that have adopted children or whatever? Do you think that that is them feeling a need or is it them trying to promote that they are like a normal family? Do you, do you, I mean, I honestly think it probably started out just from where they just, there's so many children out there that yeah. are orphaned or just, you know, don't have come from yeah. broken homes that they just needed to, Somewhere to, yeah, somebody to take care of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but this is actually kind of what you're getting at is one of the things that I think is most interesting about Pride Month. And it seems like this year it's even more exaggerated. It's almost became a month to where, like, if you're lesbian or gay, it's yeah. not even for you anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Like, I think I, in one of my last shows, I talked about how, like, I know gays, I know lesbians mm-hmm. that literally just wanted to be able to, like, share their 401k. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wanted yeah. to be able to get, like, yeah. Um, be able to leave their death benefit from their work right. life insurance for the person that they, right. you know, were like saying was their partner or whatever. Mm-hmm. We've totally gotten away from that. I mean, yeah, spiritually, you know, religiously, that's obviously not compatible. Yeah. But like from a, uh, just like two people trying to be together, mm-hmm. have offspring, have a retirement plan, have mm-hmm. health insurance. That's not what this month's about anymore. Right. No, yeah. no, like those no, were the no, rights no, that no. were fighting it's, for. It's all activism. It, yeah. It's all activism, and that's what it's mm-hmm. turned into. And I, I've said this many times, but a lot of what we have seen is the promotion. It it is promote us. Mm-hmm. It's not accept us for who and what we are. Right. I know what God said. I know what the Bible says, and I have the right to believe that. The responsibility to speak that, mm-hmm. but it's gone way beyond except yeah. but it's about promoting put our jersey on you know put put the pride uh rainbow on on your hockey stick when you're out there warming up yeah and if you don't we're coming after you you look at what just happened uh in in baseball uh, there was a, a a gentleman that plays uh in major league baseball and he came out and he actually brought about a biblical reason why that right. we should be going after Target and we should be going after these companies mm-hmm. and, and what happened with Budweiser. And he basically just said that God said, have no fellowship with the unfruitful mm-hmm. works of darkness. And he brought that out 
within 24 hours, yeah, he's back on some type of media again, doing a video, apologizing for what he said, mm-hmm. and talking about how that he's relying on the team he plays for and their yeah. staff to help him to do better in the future. Why would you even speak if you're not going to stand on the truth of yeah. what you believe? But that is the kind of pressure. And I think a lot of people don't understand mm-hmm. uh, the kind of pressure that you get whenever you take a firm stand on the truth. Yeah. And the, something that I've thought about for a while, and I, I don't want to go off on this for a long time. So, you know, just cut me off if I get a little long here, but the, the it's promote us or we're in danger. That's their that's their selling point. If you don't promote us, then we're going to die. People are going to kill us or we're going to kill ourselves. That's kind of been the message. If you don't promote, if you don't support, then we can't survive. Yeah. The the nuclear family, if it is put together correctly, doesn't need that in order to survive. They don't need constant social promotion in order in order to survive. And whenever you talk about the transgenderism taking over the LGBTQIA community, that's the logical conclusion that that it comes to because it's built around identity mm-hmm. and identities can be faked identities can be you know made up they can be changed they get you know all of these things this is the core basis of the entire movement is identity yeah so whenever they talk about gender identity then they say well we're creating a new gender but they're not creating a new gender they're creating a new identity mm-hmm and, and you know that because the identity is not subservient to the gender. Otherwise, right. there would only be two genders to them. Exactly. The gender is subservient to the identity. So when all of this, when all of this, you know, comes to a head, then we've come to the natural conclusion, which is the, tr- the transgender identity, which all revolves around how they identify themselves and they cannot feel validated. Their identity cannot be validated unless everyone accepts it. Yeah. If everyone doesn't accept it, then their identity is not real. And so they have to have everybody supporting it. And then you see this natural conclusion of where it's come to, and then it is overtaken the entire movement. Yeah. You know, I, I understand people are saying we need to separate the T out of the LGBTQ and all this stuff. And I'm not, I, I understand what people are saying whenever they say that. But the only way that this could have come to where it is, is if it started out with the LGBT. That's the only place that it could have yeah, started at because because it's so focused on on self and on pride and on on you have to promote me. You have to support me. And and any other structure of family or identity doesn't rely on. Yeah, that, that was my point. No, there. That, that's exactly right. That was my point is, is that it all all of a sudden everything becomes fluid. It, it becomes interchangeable. Mm-hmm. And we saw this with the feminist movement that, mm-hmm. that a, a female can do everything a male can do. We can be like you. We can, we're right. as strong as you We're all of these things. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, if you're not careful, mm-hmm. you have somebody that was created by God for specific purpose yeah. that comes underneath or is less than what they were created to be yeah Yeah. so i i don't i I don't demean my wife i put my wife on a pedestal right yeah because i mean there's nobody in the world one that could probably live with me and i'm (laughs) sure a lot of people out there would agree with that uh from some of the nice emails i've gotten the last little bit but uh but the fact is is that that i elevate who and what she is right and she she is different than me. God mm-hmm. created us that way. But but just because 
things have happened in our society. There's, I, I think the last number, John, that I read was like over 14,000 homeless kids in the state of Kentucky. Mm. And that's not, uh, you know, that's not including all the, the kids that are looking for a home and those types of things that are in foster care. These are actually homeless kids. But just because all of this is going on, doesn't change the fact that of what has always worked. Right. So uh, in the very beginning, God made Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. They came together. They had two sons. We know what happened in the, in the battle between the two and how that Abel was killed. But from the very beginning, it was laid out male, female, husband, wife, they come together, they have children, mm -hmm. and they were given that command by God right. to replenish the earth. Yeah. And that is exactly what God, I, and I, I, I'm not getting away from as our responsibility as believers that we're to get the gospel out, but mm -hmm. we are here with that purpose to be the best dad, the best mom. And when you start ripping that apart and you tear that apart, it promotes confusion. Yeah. And it actually makes people less than what God created them to be. Does that make yeah. sense? It, it totally does. I, I think one of the big, one of the biggest issues for this is that, and no, I was out here this weekend for you know, going, going to y'all's church, and uh, I kept talking about just how manly, how manly it felt in there, and it's like all the all the fa all the great families and all the kids running around happy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I'd ever seen that. In that like scale, I mean, it's not like y'all have some thousand no. member church. I mean, I don't know that I've ever been in a in a building mm -hmm. with that many like intact families, yeah. with that many children that are just happy going on and throwing stuff at each other and giving big pump knots on their brothers' heads, and the moms <laughs> are not even freaking out. I mean, I come from an area. Where I mean, I literally, I can't, I can't even, I couldn't even name the people that had a father and home off the top of my head. I'd have to like really sit and think about it. So, I mean, you have a generation now of people that don't even, they can't even fake it till they make it because yeah. they don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm one of these, you know, I thought my wife will tell you, like, I literally will cry every night or every day with my kids or mm -hmm. like put them to sleep and I'll go home and start talking to her and I'll be crying. And she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I messed up today. You know, I'm like, but I didn't, I didn't know what to say in this moment. I didn't yeah. know what to do in this moment. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm just winging it, and so like, we're all, that's what really all, all everybody's screaming. Yeah, yeah, for a dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they don't even know it. And in your and in your case, you know, not really knowing. You said your biological father that much, but you you have a desire to be something to your kids, though. Correct? Isn't oh, that? I mean, that's. I mean, it's hard to even focus yeah. on anything else. Yeah. In and, life. And, and that it, came from that that doesn't just come from that came, you know, the overwhelming part of it comes from you not having a dad and you having a concern for your children, right? That mm -hmm. they would have something better than what you had. And that's that's a desire that we all have. Is our our desire for our children and to protect them is not based on keeping them down. It's based on like you were saying, elevating them and giving them something better than what we even had growing up. But to you be know. honest, I don't know, and this is, I think what we were talking about a minute ago was really this kind of like me, me, me culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm pretty, I'm certain mm -hmm. that part of my desire to be a great father mm -hmm. is because I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that for me. 
Mm, I understand. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And like, I mean, so you get to fight against that. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, I, I need to be trying to be a good father because these children right. deserve it. That's, that's why I'm here. Yeah. It's not little John Ross Marcus Cox is never going, right. never going, his biology father is never going to be in the room, like patting mm-hmm. him on the butt and making him chocolate milk in the yeah. morning for breakfast. But I think there's part of yeah. me that's kind of doing that for, for me. Right. Well, and you can't do it just so that they say you're a great father for self-gratification. Yeah. yeah. You're actually doing it for their benefit. I think everybody, even in churches, you know, you have people in a church culture that will try to steer their kids in a certain direction so that other people think something of them. Yeah. You know, that's, I think that's a natural, the pride aspect is a natural human battle that we all have. But this month is about taking away all of the the structure that is supposed to focus that in the right direction mm-hmm. and benefit the children. And instead it's taking the pride element of it and elevating it to the most important thing. Well, this, this is what uh, is amazing is when you, when you talk to people and you know what is being pushed and being promoted in uh, across society, what you were just saying about that desire to be a father it, there's things I, I'm confident that you and I would disagree on. Uh, there's things I'm confident that that Aaron and I would disagree on. But that is the most natural thing that there is. I mean, that is exactly the way God made it in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And so what we would have to come to the conclusion of that I know people don't want to hear, but anything outside of that is unnatural. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. It's unnatural. That means it's not the way that God created it to be. And it turns in to be in, and what you're saying, Aaron, it becomes an attack yep. against the way that God meant for it to be. Yep. And that is why that we see the disruption that we see in society. That's why we have so many homeless kids is because we have so many poor fathers Mm -hmm. that's why we have so many homeless kids is because we have so many homes that are torn apart and i don't understand in society why you can't why you get attacked for saying what actually works that's (laughs) what i don't understand because all i'm saying is this works Mm -hmm. it has worked from the beginning of time anytime it's been diverted from it's been it's broken down it's caused problems Right. I'm just saying it works. I think it's because uh, people have a hard time admitting that if they, especially if they didn't have that, and you can't go backwards in time and ever right. get it. Yeah, you have to admit that I'm broken in mm-hmm. some form or fashion. And if I have sort of role at all, and like said the Frankfurt stuff or just what I try to do with my podcast, I'm, I try to be as openly broken as right. possible to yeah. let people know. Like I went through a whole lot of crap. Mm-hmm. as a as a as a child yeah. i'm here today in spite of that yeah, yeah not exactly. be, not because of it yeah you know like i i 100 percent believe that god i went through it all for a reason mm-hmm. and there's times that like i was my wife and i were talking about this last night i was like every every very bad thing i've been through i'm already, i'm only 36 now i can still look back and i'm like dang it i'm not even mad that happened because like i i remember the moment when i was like i know why i went through that now right yeah, yeah. So I mean that so that's a that's a beautiful thing, but like it's just hard to admit that you have some kind of deficiency, yeah. you know, or um, that you're that you're lacking something, and it's kind of almost discipline equals freedom dichotomy yeah, type right, deals, you yeah. know, like when you've never had any of this stuff, you don't want to be confined to it, right? So you think like, well, I want to be free. And yeah. It's like there's nothing more free 
There's nothing, nothing makes you feel more liberated than like purpose. Right. Exactly. And mission and like self-sacrifice and doing things for your children, even though you don't want to do them. Yeah. You know, there's nothing, but it's like until you do it and you see it through, you're never going to, it's just so hard to, so hard to trust it. I think that really brings up a very important point of something at the core of what we believe as Christians. You were talking about feeling broken and being broken and all of these things you having this desire for your children. I think that a lot of people that are in the LGBTQIA community have those same feelings. You know, they may feel broken. There's something that's happened to them in their past or whatever's brought them to this place in their life. A lot of them have the same desire to have children because that's a natural desire. They have the same desire to raise children, but they refuse to accept the fundamental fact of our humanity, which is that we are born messed up. Yeah, we're born broken. And so there's no there's no way for them to ever get any better mm-hmm. because they don't have an answer to get fixed. Yeah. Right. The the thing that that our great message of hope is not we we are opposing the LGBTQIA transgender, you know, ideology. That's not our great message of hope. That's a part of our message. But the message of hope that we have is, is that you are born messed up just like I was. And I haven't always been a Christian. You know, I haven't always lived right. I've done, you know, I have a past that's very bad, you know, but, but at the same time, then I have the answer for how to be fixed. Yeah. And that is through being saved through Jesus Christ. Yeah. They call our message that, that is intended and does fix the problem. They call that a message of hate. It's a message of healing is what it is, yeah. but and they call that a message of hate because they see, they see before I got saved, I didn't have a desire to be married. Yeah. I didn't have a desire to have kids. I was selfish. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I did what I wanted to do. Whenever I was saved, those desires changed because God healed a lot of my emotional part, you know, a lot of my emotional be- being and all these things. They refuse to accept that that's even possible. Yeah. And if you have that message to them that you can be healed then you're a hate monger. Yeah. And it, it makes no sense. It's well, such hypocrisy. Well, you do understand that yeah. this is the, we we primarily focus on politics here yeah. and, <laughs> and God and politics can't go together, right? <laughs> uh, that's what I've been told a lot. You know, keep, keep your, keep your God out of my bedroom, <laughs> keep your God out of my laws. I've been told well, that constantly. It's a good thing God doesn't think that. But man, isn't it amazing to have something in the in this generation when things look mm-hmm. so bleak, when we're dealing with so many things, mm-hmm. whether it be economically, whether it be and right. in, in uh, from crime, all of these things that are going on in our society, and to have a message that you can tell somebody, hey, there's a better life than right. the one you're living. <laughs> yeah. There, there's I something. I hate you for that. Yeah, <laughs> there's something that you can have that they hated Jesus for is fulfilling, yeah. and something that works. And yeah. that's that's been the point that I've been trying to make is that it works. The only way that there are children brought into this world, mm-hmm. and how this is a debatable subject, right. but the only way that children are brought into the world is that it takes a male and a female. Mm-hmm. But you will, I mean, constantly, uh, I, I, the thing that the Planned Parenthood put it, put out today, I don't know oh, yeah. if we'd be I able to I play it or it. not or be able to pull it up. But it's sad. It is sad whenever you are dealing with something that doesn't work, you propose what does work, and you watch. 
you watch this month the censorship yeah. that will take place across this nation mm-hmm. when people just simply it already started today yeah. so just today uh, i think matt walsh was planning to release the uh they might have worked that out i don't know well was a woman they, on twitter yeah but originally yes yeah yeah what is a woman mm-hmm. uh, on twitter and i don't know what's going yeah exactly what will happen there but mm-hmm. at first they were told you can put it on here, but we will suppress it. Yeah, we will keep it. And and the the two things that they cited was that there was two places of misgendering. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting here before we started and talking about some things that are going on in Kentucky, and literally having to sit here and think really hard and go look at news clips to find out whether it's a he or a her that we right. were referring to. That's. Yeah. That's what at my point, we just, that we know what has worked. Mm-hmm. We know what God blesses. We know what brings about the best for right. children, the best environment for children to grow up in. And just because we're, we have other situations in our yeah. society right. doesn't mean that we just say, well, let's just give up on yeah. what works <laughs> well, and, and the, we'll, we'll just start doing this. Well, there, listen, the good, the, the good, the good part about this is when it comes to like, this the family structure. Yes, it is biblical, and I'm not going to sit here and speak on speak to religious stuff because you two are so are so well versed in it. And I'm going to be honest with you, like I'm, if I'm I, if I'm anything, I'm God's imperfect vessel. Okay, I'm like I'm just I'm like, I don't want I don't want I don't want to run, I don't want to run the church in the ground by speaking for it. Yeah, you don't have to be religious. Like families, the, the right. traditional family formation is yeah. good for. Even atheist families. Hey, my pastor has said this many times, and Mm -hmm. it's not discounting what Aaron just said, the message of hope, and he he would never discount that. But he has said that a a man and woman that have never met before could meet each other, just take the principles that are laid out in the book of Proverbs and live by them and have a successful, happy life. Yeah, just the simple things like there's uh, in all labor there's profit. So get a job. Yeah, you know tells you what kind of woman how you're to supposed to be, yeah. uh, how to treat her. Just simple principles that have always worked, and the reason they worked is because they're derived from the Bible. Yeah. But you could take those principles mm-hmm. and just and have a happy life. Have children that that have the opportunity to turn out right. Everybody makes their own choice with what they are given, just like you, not given the, the greatest environment, but you, you had to make a choice at some point with what am I going to do with what I wasn't given. And you made, you made that choice to say, I'm going to get married and I'm going to have a family and I'm going to try to do it the right way. And so everybody gets that choice. But if it's been working for thousands of years, why attack it? And why censor us for trying to just promote those basic, simple principles? And the and the the structure of the family has built hundreds, if not thousands, of societies throughout time. It's built it, and all of those societies have crumbled whenever the structure of the family begins to crumble. Right? We, we talk about this movement, the LGBTQI movement, as a detriment to the family, and it is, but it's. It's several steps down the line. The first detriment to the family was the the notion or the idea that uh, you don't you don't have to stay with your wife or your husband and take care of your children, right? You don't have to work out your problems. You can just run, 
or you don't have to be married to have children or any of these things. These are the first things that started attacking the family because it, it, it normalizes selfishness. It normalizes pride and families are not supposed to be about that. Yeah. They're supposed to be about sacrifice for each other so that the future is preserved. Right. That's if all what I'm it's concerned about. about is me, then all I all I care about is until the day I die. And once I'm dead, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You see, even in the Bible, Hezekiah talking about that. As long as the evil doesn't come in my day, then what does it matter? Yeah. And then you see how his son turned out. Exactly. He was a wicked king, and this great kingdom of Israel was taken away. Um, you know, that, uh, that, that tribe of Judah was taken into captivity for a while. His son repented. His son knew the right way. But that mindset is always detrimental to children. Yeah, and I, I think that ha- has to be the focus. And and when I ran the first time, mm-hmm. I my one of the things that I said when I ran for office first time, one of the things that I said constantly was that I wanted to be your voice mm-hmm. for the future right. of the families of Kentucky, the future, constantly looking forward. We make legislation constantly dealing with the past. You know, we're we're addressing what's behind us. We're kicking cans down the road. But policy about the future, policy that preserves what we have, what we had growing up and the type of environment that, that we were able to experience. And it seems like that that is it. It is it is so people are so consumed with self they're so consumed with right now that whatever happens in the future doesn't matter. And and this is the thing. We we talked about that people wanted to take the T from the L G and the B, but the thing about it is, is that if everybody's that way, there is no future. Right. It ends. Yeah. It comes to an end. Because that is not the way that God meant for it to be. And well, I mean, people, the birth rate is going to drop, man. Yeah. I talk, let's talk to China, China and Russia about yeah. this. But see, I've talked about this in a couple of shows. The CDC itself has mm-hmm. published data showing that just that. what seven years in 2015, yeah. 11% of kids in like the, in, in high school were saying they were LGBTQ or whatever. Mm-hmm. Seven years later, 2022, yeah. 25.9%, 26% of them are saying that. Yeah. That's, that's an unsustainable but model. But it's not that's a not social contagion. Not, no, yeah. it's not a social contagion. And it, yeah, we don't, definitely that's don't not want protecting to use the other word. That's not protecting a minority. That's creating a minority mm-hmm. is what well, that is. Yeah. The the other indicative uh, stat in that, in that study that I keep harping back on is the inside of that, the 26% there, right. only 2% of the respondents are actually having same-sex yeah. only sexual relations. Mm-hmm. I've always been under the impression that was what it meant to be homosexual, is that yeah. you were having sex with the same same sex. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they're, again, they're, they are, they're bulldozing way past, mm-hmm. I mean, they've, they're overshooting their mark as far as they can on this because, again, they're even leaving... Yeah, I think that's why people were talking about the L and the G and the yeah, or that they want to throw the B in there. To me, yeah. the B's where the where the everything <laughs> starts to break yeah. down. Mm-hmm. But it's because it every everything past that is just. I mean, right. there's just no way to even reconcile. At it. least on the L and the G part, then we're at a place where you know we know what our Bible says about that. You know, and they know what our Bible says about that, and we can at least figure out a way to exist in a society. You know what I'm saying? We can we can say what the Bible says and they can disagree, but we can at least exist in a society because 
our beliefs do not threaten their existence from their messaging is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. We're always going to stand on the truth against that. Yeah. Not going to back down on, on any of it. You know, not going to say uh, whenever I went to college in 2008, the big debate and we got in this huge debate in English class and I wasn't even saved, but the big debate in English class was whether or not, you know, homosexual men were biologically uh, born to be that way. That was the debate. That was a huge debate during college. This is what it's led to literally 15 years later. This is where we are, you know, so we we are always going to stand where we stand. But you cannot live in a society with people that say, if you don't support me, we will die and I will kill myself or we will kill you so that we don't kill ourselves. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. Well, here's the, here's the, the other part of the argument that is constantly brought up. And I hear this by people that claim to be somewhat conservative, Mm -hmm. but lean in that direction or live in that lifestyle. And they they say, well, we're 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 fine with these lifestyles, but we are against the 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 transgendering of of children Mm -hmm. because, you know, if once a person becomes an adult, they can do whatever they want to do. But why? Yeah. If it's okay for an adult, then why is it not okay for a child? How do yeah. you stop it there? Yeah. And so we have to get away from this conversation or this argument that, well, once they're an adult, they can do whatever they want to do. No, that's still wrong. Mm-hmm. Even if they're adult and 18 and, and can do whatever they want to do, it's still not right. It's still not okay to demolish your body, you right. know? And so they're trying to make this argument around that it's okay for for these people after they hit 18 but it's not okay for children to to draw some kind of line to say well we're not going that far they ushered it in yeah they are the vehicle that brought it's it about it's not our responsibility to divide it when they're the ones who brought it in that's right it's not our responsibility to figure out a way to to separate them from that community and be nuanced about it they weren't nuanced about the people that they were bringing in it's not our job to separate it out. It's their job. If that's right. what they want, if they don't want to be associated with that, then they separate it. It's not our job yeah. to do that. And then I had, I had, you know, what happened here in the last week, John, I'm sure that you, <laughs> you've seen some feedback. Uh, I almost didn't, I almost didn't even come on the show tonight. I can't, I'm, 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 I'm didn't questioning want to be my, what, what's going to happen to our reputation after this, you know, because you two are, y'all are bad people. Well, I, Josh Kelly's a bad, he's bad. Yeah, I know you, you told me. He's you a read, disease. That's what they said. You read yeah. something today that said uh, that I, I was supposed to resign or call him for my resignation. And I think it said on in the article that he's probably not going to. Well, guess what? I'm not going to. I'm not going to resign and I'm not going I'm not going to resign myself to a corner somewhere and right. stop pe- speaking the truth because people are saying whatever they're saying and and that's exactly right. I mean Congressman Morgan McGarvey came out and said that I am a disease. Mm-hmm. I'm a dangerous disease is what he said. But the intolerance mm-hmm. Of these people that claim to be so tolerant when you say just the simple things that we're saying, they've worked. We have the proof that they've worked. We have history behind us that shows that they have worked. Mm -hmm. And people are trying to tear down the family. That's what it's about. Do you want to play this video just to show kind of what we're supposed to tolerate? Hi. Hi. My name is Lucky. I've had an abortion and I get gender-affirming care from Planned Parenthood. I wound up in a very, very difficult relationship. And within three months, 
I found out that I was pregnant. I was like, oh no. My abortion was one of the greatest acts of compassion I had ever committed. Can you believe that? It was an easy decision. And it was a decision Compassion for who? For the friends I had told I was trans. They were like, get it. You know, that's... It wasn't compassion toward the baby that got killed. You know, that's your decision. You want to finally begin your life. And it was... Sacrifice in the child. Can you pause that for a second? Yeah, for sure. One of the best decisions. Think about... Hi, my name is... No, that's your... Up until that point, everything had been about... Yes. So this, I mean... This is one of the things I keep, when I think about young John Cox. Right. Having so many questions, not knowing what, yeah. a, what a, you know, what a good father looks like, how they should treat a woman, mm-hmm. you know, any of that stuff. This is someone in a heterosexual relationship mm-hmm. with a, yeah. somebody obviously impregnated her. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's literally nothing wrong with, with them. Yeah. It, they're just confusing Everything and people are letting them get a, are yeah. letting them do it. Yes, there's yeah. no one there to say, listen, whatever's going on, going on yeah. inside of you right now. Right, just slow down and especially think about Planned Parenthood. Yeah, apparently. yeah, but the, the Planned Parenthood is is just about healthcare. Yeah, I mean that's all it is is healthcare. <laughs> They're not about anything else other than abortion, killing babies, and now promoting transgenderism. I mean, as someone with children and with friends that I know have tried for years and years to have children, it breaks my heart for those women. Oh, that, yeah. They can't right. have children. Yeah. You have a someone with a healthy womb here that's that's yeah. fertile, able to, able to have children, has a, obviously has someone within a relationship. Yeah. And what about the father? What did, did he want to have the baby? Like, all of a sudden, this lady's whole selfish desires have overtaken three people's lives. It's all about her. But in order to resolve it, she has to kill the baby, whatever has happened with the father, and have surgeries on her body to make what she has imagined to be reality. Yeah. How how is this in any way right or moral? And and the thing about it is that when I see something like this, I know what people think when you mm-hmm. talk about these things, like, as you were saying earlier, that immediately you're a hate monger. You, you, yeah. you are anti people and all these things. This, this breaks my heart yeah. to see somebody that has been through this much pain right. and thinks that inflicting more pain mm-hmm. actually will bring about the peace or the fulfillment that you're looking that right. that she's looking for. Yeah. So go ahead and go play through it. Finally begin your life. And it was just one of the best decisions I had ever made, ever in my life. To kill a baby. I wish that more people understood that abortion is healthcare, plain and simple. It's important to talk about abortion in a healthcare setting because I think that when we don't we see abortion as this very, very uncommon, isolated thing. And it's not. It needs to be shared and it needs to be out there, just like any other thing that people go through. I tell my abortion sure story you can tell because people need to understand that it's not just made. a women's rights issue. It is a people's rights issue. Mm-hmm. Trying to they prove the little... point that it's... She, she's actually think she's a man 
this is the thing. This is uh, I think that this plays into where we always go in society when we start the wrong direction, right? So right. start abortion. There's been this argument about well, if if the 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 mother's life is in danger then it becomes a moral decision for somebody to make. And then it was, well, if the baby's life is in danger, it becomes a, a moral decision to make. Yeah. And then it's about, well, if the baby has some type of, of deformity mm-hmm. or some type of physical problem, it becomes a moral decision to make, right? And then it's, well, if it's a boy and we wanted a girl, yeah. Then it makes it okay. Or a girl, and we wanted a boy, it becomes okay. Now we have abortions because I'm wanting to become a man, which she can't do. Right. But that baby is is inhibiting the identity that she wants to portray. And so all of a sudden, it, it, it and it's sac- it is sacrificing the baby on the religion of transgenderism. Yes, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you that this will be the demise mm-hmm. of our nation when we get these thought processes and this ideology in the minds of our children as young kids as they grow up and they they are confused beyond measure. The the 26 percent, John, that you referred to a little bit ago, that's confused about. Uh, you know, whether they're LGBTQAI plus whatever else they, they'll add to it here shortly, I'm sure. But that confusion mm-hmm. is this is what it promotes that you're actually willing to sacrifice a baby mm-hmm. on Whole the family. altar yeah. of your selfish desires. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is unreal. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say after seeing that video. It it actually it definitely uh, it definitely helped me grow greater in my disdain for Planned Parenthood for yeah. sure and because they they're not just about healthcare they they're they are a, a, an avenue to kill babies and now they're an avenue reaching out saying right. well we'll help you if you want to be a, be a man uh, we'll help you kill that baby so you can identify as what you want because it's kind of hard to identify as a man if you uh if you're carrying a baby although I saw something come out today yeah. that that was showing that i mean it's it's unreal uh, there there's a a bunch of you're talking about the future and what's going to happen in the future all of this stuff has been going on overseas for a while, and I, I wanted to read. This is a short article. I don't want to take up a ton of time here, but I wanted to read this article from the Spectator in the UK. This is written by Julie Bindle. This was written on May the twenty May the twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. So just a few days ago. So it's an opinion piece, but she has been dealing with these issues for several years, and she'll talk about that in the article. She said, while I was writing about the latest scandalous revelation involving the children's charity Mermaids and the Tavistock Gender Identity Development Service GIDS, it occurred to me that readers of these pages will already be familiar with the key planks of this terrible tale. You will doubtless have seen countless articles critiquing gender ideology and the medical treatments on vulnerable children over the years that have become normalized and will be aware that gender ideology has seeped into pretty much every key institution in the land. The consequences of gender ideology for women, as well as children, have been grave, as it has led to the push for men to legally be able to self-identify as women and invade single-sex spaces 
such as refuges and rape crisis centers, prison wings, and changing rooms. It has also led to gender clinics handing out toxic hormones to children as though they were Haribos or Haribos, the gummy bears. Now, the the organizations that she's talking about under immense fire because of the type of perversion that was going on in the mermaids in the mermaids thing and in the Tavistock gender identity clinic. Yeah. Now it has been officially be now it has been officially revealed what many of us have known for some time. That Tavistock has been taking instructions from the charity Mermaids. But bearing in mind that Tavistock has been treating many patients for what many now regard as an imaginary condition, it makes sense that it deferred to the maniacs who created it. Hannah Barnes, the BBC journalist and author of Time to Think, says she had known since 2019 of emails between Susie Green and GIDS director Polly Comrockle because they were part of Mermaid's data breach in 2019. This made it somewhat surprising when the Tavistock claimed to have no such emails when requested by way of a freedom of information request. This is also a structural analysis of how this stuff is working here, yeah. just as a side note. If only those that have become increasingly convinced that distressed and disturbed children have undergone unnecessary surgeries and irreversible hormone treatment had listened to those to those who had been warning of what was to come 20 years ago having become increasingly concerned about the notion that children could be trapped in the wrong body i contacted the tavistock to ask to speak to its then clinical director i explained to the communications officer that i'd assumed the diagnosis of transsexuality would have been discredited by now as many feminists and other people with common sense had recognized that it was based on a toxic form of sexism that dictates femininity for girls and masculinity for boys. That's what we're talking about. If they play with a girl's toy, then automatically they're a girl, even yeah. though they're a boy. I was never granted an interview with the Tavistock. Nevertheless, my investigation was published in the Telegraph magazine, and I recall several people that have since banged the drum for trans rights and now considered me to be a raging turf, saying that they thought it terrible that surgery and hormones were being used to correct what is clearly a mental health condition. The following year, I published a piece in the Guardian Weekend magazine in which I reported on a trans-identified man that was demanding access to a female rape crisis center in Canada. This was 20 years ago there. That's happening here now. Yeah. At the time of publication, the trans rights movement in the UK was gathering base and they were emboldened by a groveling apology by the reader's editor for publishing it in the first place. The consequences for me have been horrendous and continue to this day. In the meantime, the feminist and lesbian and gay resistance to gender ideology and medical experiments on children has grown in strength and conviction, but this has come at a huge cost to those of us that have spoken out. Women have been hounded out of their jobs, had their reputations trashed, become unemployable, lost friends and colleagues, been silenced, publicly canceled and shamed, made to feel like pariahs and bigots, when all we were doing was trying to expose the biggest medical oh, yeah. scandal in the past century. Here in the last paragraph, it says, while this has been going ahead, female prisoners, some of the most vulnerable women is, oh, man, I'm way down here. I won't hold my breath is what she's saying. She's asking for an apology to those children. Those that push this dangerous ideology have been lauded by many liberals as the greatest social justice warriors. As this war comes to an end, it's coming to an end there. And the trans extremists prepare to be defeated. Let's not forget the sacrifice of all of us that have fought to expose this monster and situation. There should be real consequences for those that have allowed so many children to be pushed through this medical conveyor belt. Yeah. She says, I won't hold my breath, but I think it would be fair and proper for those that have supported and defended the practices of mermaids and gids and have thrown insults such as bigot at those of us that have attempted to expose the truth to offer their abject apologies. But those children harmed as a result of this precious set of beliefs are owed the biggest apology of all. Yeah. They're not going to get it. 
We're trying to prevent what's happened there from happening here. Yes. Doing whatever we can. You're doing what you can as a lawmaker. John, you're doing what you do with your podcast and other things, and maybe that's a good time to talk about him. I'm not sure. Uh, I've taken up too much time. But this is the future of what we're talking yes. about. It's already happening. It's already across. happened. And, and that's the thing is that so many times we already know the end result yes. of what's going to happen. Yeah. And we have to learn by experience instead of exposition. Mm-hmm. When we have truth, we have things laid out that we know work. We have a conscience that, that you know, we've, we've been given uh, innate by God. Right. And we have truth in front of us that we have been given. And it works, it works, it works. And then all of a sudden, we're going to do something different. <laughs> and somehow we're going to make it turn out good and for the good of everybody. And every time it ends up in shambles, just like this. And we we not only haven't learned from other people's mistakes, we, we can't even learn from our own mistakes. And mm-hmm. she's exactly right. Yeah. When you bring that out and you bring that to light, you will immediately be attacked. Yeah. I mean, people like Matt Walsh, uh, regardless of what people think about him or whatever, but he, he has to, he literally has to have armed people yeah. around his house because mm. he has been attacked and has been hacked and has been doxxed and has had so many things happen to him just because he spoke out on what he believed yeah. to be the truth. Yeah. And yeah. he's not threatening to take his life or do anything like that, you know, and he is literally being hounded every single day. That's not, he's not the only one. And you can you can misgender somebody, and they're gonna threaten to oh, yeah. commit suicide. Well, yeah, you know? I mean, I mean, this is this is kind of humorous. Uh, <laughs> you know what happened last week, and people immediately started responding. I got some things that were despicable, some things that I wouldn't even describe on this podcast. It's things that I couldn't show that would probably be censored if I if I was to to show it. Um, people involving my wife in pictures and just just sick stuff, right? Well, look, before you play this, this is, you know, I want everybody to know, I, ca- I called Josh within 30 minutes of this stuff going down, and I'm like, boy, don't you, don't you be backing <laughs> down now. Like, God put you here. Don't back down. But th- the reason they're coming at you so hard is because if they let it get out, that you're not actually mad at these kids, mm-hmm. that you don't hate these kids, yeah. that you don't think that they're the devil, yeah. that it, you actually think those things about the adults that have allowed it to take place. Exactly right. right. Yeah. Then it all breaks down. Yes. So that it's like the left is masters at collectivism and then masters at turning it on its head. And then mm-hmm. as soon as you start pushing back, everything's individualistic right. at that yeah. point. And so, but in that article, it talks about an apology. It's like, I've said this in Frankfurt there's several times. I think all of us men, I think you, Aaron, you, Josh, you, like myself, all, every man, every man in this country mm-hmm. has to, has, has to like break them with this and, apologize, yeah. and apologize for letting all this go on. Yeah. Cause we all sat back. Yeah. No, I, that's what got me involved here. Yeah. Was my wife sit, uh, me being in the kitchen at midnight and I'm reading an email and she comes in, what do you, what's going on? And I'm like, well, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get my kids how my kids are going to play basketball at the YMCA with the mask on. And she's like, cut this nonsense out. Yeah. You know, I mean, my, my angel, you know, beautiful wife looks at me and is like, I thought I'm ready like a crazy redneck. 
Like you're sitting here talking about putting masks on little boys to play basketball. Like what is going on? Like yeah. I could have married like a sissy boy back in the city if I wanted to. Like, right? Why am yeah. I? What am, what am I even doing here? Yeah. You know. And I in that moment, I mean, I broke and I cried that night mm. in the kitchen. I tell everybody this because I just wanted to be out there. Mm-hmm. I, the people need to know. That's how I, yeah. I'm that embarrassed of yeah. who I was. Yeah. And we've all sat back. Yeah. And let and let it happen. And so now it's like it's just it's time to step up. I'm really not worried about me personally. Like holding these people to a, to account. That's honestly one of the, once you, be, right. once you uh, do surrender yeah. to, to the yeah. man upstairs, you'd kind of, a lot of that mm-hmm. hate and just animosity and just like those kind of, those kind of harmful feelings towards others. They, they mailed away because mm-hmm. you, you know, like there's nothing you can do. It's going to be worse than right. Well, he's going to do, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and I know I got my own things. I better worry about for my mm-hmm. own, like, pearly gate entrance yeah you know what i mean um and so like i think first of all we all need to you know i want to acknowledge that yeah i i am sorry yeah. to all these young kids you know yeah. like i can make mistakes and say well why, i didn't have it daddy all this stuff i had a pretty good i had a good i had a real good stepdaddy that came yeah. around later in life that it like tried showing me but yeah. it's like i didn't get over my daddy issues early enough yeah. and i've sat back and now i'm 36 and like just now, you know, shame on me. Shame on Josh for not running I, for office. I had, no, I, I had no idea. Well, he said that on the podcast. Yeah, I had no yeah. idea what I was getting into, to mm. be honest. I had no clue. Uh, I knew I wanted to make a difference. I knew that I wanted to help for the future of the children of the state of Kentucky. Mm. I, I feel like that that was important. But the passiveness that I personally had shown throughout my life, just keep your head down, raise your family, Mm -hmm. got a great church, got a great pastor. Uh, We get the truth. We have our, uh, a great school. I mean, we've got everything we need as a community to make it and to lean on each other, people to show up when your kid's in the hospital, uh, people to cook uh, for you when your wife has surgery. We had it all. Yeah had the whole package of what it takes to be fulfilled in life. And with my head down and just doing my thing, uh, it's exactly what happened. The passiveness of the church, of God's people, the passiveness of patriots and people across Mm -hmm. this nation that have stood idly by and let this happen. And now they've got a whole army out there. Yeah. So whenever you stand up and you are that individual that's willing to take yeah. some arrows, you better know they're going to yeah. fire them at you. Yeah. But as as David Wall said the other day, I thought it was a great way that he put it, is that when they find out that you're not going to move after a while, the arrows kind of just yeah. start <laughs> falling by the wayside. And, yeah. and that's what we've tried to do. And mm-hmm. so... Like I said, there's there's plenty of things I could play. I won't play on here because of, of the filthy language that people have spoken to me or about mm-hmm. me or about my family, but some of these things are... Yes, Josh Calloway. You're a racist. How dare you, homophobic? How dare you? You're supposed to represent every single constituent. I do. And no, now you're being all racist and claiming Obviously that you cannot dare support any kind of trans or any kind of gay How's that agenda. racist? It's not about you supporting it. It's about everyone gets treated equally. And there shouldn't exactly be laws right. separating everybody like that. Makes me sick. 
the fact that you're going they separate pro, us out. pro whatever you guys are, cancel culture, whatever you're talking about, it makes me absolutely sick. And I hope, I hope, I hope you get a little taste of your own medicine. Let's cancel your culture. Let's do that. Bye. Yeah. Hope you like the day often. I just love all the like rich white women. I, know. I mean, I just want to go. I want to. I almost said some like misogynistic stuff at it right there, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold back. Um, it's but, just it's just crazy. I mean, that mindset. But the the point is, is that they have their little army out there that mm-hmm. immediately attacks you. They went straight to YouTube mm-hmm. and got the video taken down. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm sure, not because somebody at YouTube went there and watched every word that I right. said and was like, "Oh, this sounds like hate speech." No, it was because they're they afraid of the, the mob. System, yeah, they're afraid of the mob. Yeah, and that mob comes out. They try to take down truth. Everything that is truthful. They try to eliminate because if there is no truth, then there are no absolutes. And if there are no absolutes, then that means we're not accountable for anything. Mm -hmm. Everybody can live however they want. God's going to accept it and everything's going to work out fine in the end. But that's not the truth. Well, I mean, that's not. And Josh, you can attest to this and you can opine if you want and you don't have to if you don't want to. But that's one reason I get frustrated in Frankfurt is because truth doesn't. The need for truth doesn't end when when, the, when this topic ends. Right. Yeah. You know, we will have re, like Republicans down there in Frankfurt that don't want to admit that uh, that you learn how to read by watching other people's mouths, and so they're okay yeah. with kids being masked up. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. it's just that they don't understand how life is a series of like little, small. You know, instances. You know, yeah. little, little, yeah, exactly. Like one small truth at a time, mm-hmm. and every time you let one of those go, because it's because mm-hmm. oh, it's it's not so, it's no big deal. Yeah. That's no reason. No, that's not rock the boat. Every single one of those, it all connects. It all connects at the end, and it's just like you're just breaking the chain yeah. Yeah. along the way, and then before you know it, it just snaps. And truth in reality is stability, is what it is. Yeah, I say in reality, not as a pun, but that's what it it it, it revolves around reality. And stability. Mm-hmm. And every time that you move someone from stability to instability, then things start falling apart. Yeah. Always happens. You were talking about earlier about how y'all feel, um, you know, kind of responsible for how this has happened. And I think I have some of the same feelings. There's a, a large portion of my life where I was actually on the other side, you know, so I know how they think because I used to think that way. Even growing up in a good church, then I rejected all that and left. But at the same time, then there's, I I was thinking about this passage in Nehemiah while y'all were talking in Nehemiah one, then Nehemiah is serving in the king's house. He's doing what he's supposed to do. And one of his brethren comes from Jerusalem and tells him about the state of the city, that the walls are broken down, that they're persecuted and all this stuff. And as soon as that happens, then Nehemiah is burdened to go do something about it. And that is what, that is what each of you are describing Anybody, we could beat up on ourselves for, you know, not doing more before. Uh, a, a lot of it, in especially in, in your all's instances, is not knowing what was going on, yeah. possibly. But as soon as something happened to reveal it to you, then you got into action, right? That's the thing that we're missing. Yes. We can't always control what evil people do behind the scenes. 
we can't always control what the lieutenant governor of Kentucky is implementing in the education system when hardly anybody in Kentucky knows her name. Right. We can't always control that. But whenever we see it manifests and it's brought to us that this has happened, the walls are broken down, the children are in danger, then men that that especially all Christian men should stand up and stand against that. Yeah. And if they don't, that's when you're going to be held accountable with God. That's right. Just yeah. just in the last few days, uh, Virginia, uh, the Department of Health promoted what they called queer kid stuff. Chat for LB, LGBTQ oh my plus identifying teens. Um, it was an online chat service that was marketed to teenagers who identified as LGBTQ plus. Uh, it said that queer kid stuff is an LGBTQ plus and social justice website for kids and families because it's got to be social justice because we got to tie it to mm-hmm. being the same thing as racism, right? Yeah. If you don't accept, and uh, they had helpful resources, videos, and more, and uh, they posted it on their website and a chat feature. Uh yeah, with a chat feature. Who's chatting with them? Not their parent. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, I click on it. When you click on it, it says that the page can't be found. So I'm hoping that what you just said happened, mm-hmm. that some people said we are aware and it's not acceptable mm-hmm. and that they actually took it down and that it's not something else that took place. But that that's the point. That's that's that they have been targeting. They are targeting our children. Mm-hmm. And then they want to have a conversation with them and totally exclude the parent. And there again, it's the breakdown of how the home is supposed to work. Children have struggles. They go to mom. They go to dad. You don't have. You didn't have a dad growing up, but it didn't change the fact that you should have had, that you were supposed to have, and that would have been the person that you would have took your trouble or your problems to. And so you're not out yeah. here saying, well, I grew up without a dad, so every kid shouldn't have a dad. Right. No. You're fighting so that we can have homes and families the way that it's right. intended to be. And this is an attack against that. Get on a chat feature with some other adult, and we will affirm you no matter what your parent says about this. And we will encourage you in this and help you in this. There is no end to it. They're providing it as a resource, is what they're saying. A resource yeah. for queer minors. Well, and unfortunately, it probably... Well, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. It, pro- it probably isn't even a person. It's probably just a chat bot that's pulling yeah. stuff from every LGBTQ like website on the on the planet. Which again, is even worse which because worse. that's the most woke thing that I've ever seen in my life. But, but go ahead. if somebody had said 10 years ago, if somebody had said, hey, we're going to launch a website, a government-run website from the Department of Education to talk to fatherless young men about their relationships with women physically. And we're going to have a, an option for them to chat and find out stuff on that website for them. You would have said, what kind of pedophile made this website? That's what you would say. Who wants to chat with little kids about this kind of stuff? Well, look, you know, y'all may, y'all may have to edit what I'm about to say out. Okay. <laughs> but what if I told you PG-13? Well, ain't no, I, yeah. I, I try to not use cuss words around, around Papa over here. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, no, I'm out there, but I know I, I do cuss a little bit. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> but what if I told you there was a Republican in the state of Kentucky 
that filed a bill to create something very similar to this. Are you just serious? Just in the last few months. Josh is not. Josh had to go to the bathroom. Wink, wink. He's not in here, yeah. so he doesn't know right. I'm saying this. <laughs> but yes, a Republican filed this, and it's supposed to, it was centered around mental health. That's what it's all centered around. They talk about mental health. They don't say we're talking to them about LGBTQ issues. Who and did this? You can say it. I mean, no, this, this, I'm going to come back to this. It, it it ties into what, what you're saying, that, that mental health piece that people constantly go after. And that's why I I said the other uh, day that we have to be careful. Mm -hmm. That is the end result of the confusion. Right. But we know that it's wrong. It's just not right. We Mm -hmm. know that the Bible calls it sin. We know that it's wrong. And so we're not fighting for you know, this fairness issue or this, ex- right. no, it's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. This is, this is what the website emphasized. It says centering queer identity experience and history at the core of all of our work with particular emphasis on unearthing historic erasure, honoring the black and brown trans women at the core of the modern and historic LGBTQ plus movement. In addition, the group is dedicating our primary efforts toward liberating all children from white supremacist systems. Mm. So it's it's all that you're confused, you know, confusion, confuse, confuse. You're being attacked. You're you're uh, they're they're racist. They're mm-hmm. against everything that you stand for, and so we're going to affirm you in that thought process. And like you said, government instituting a a, a pathway that kids right. can be affirmed in that uh, outside of the the parental guidance and all of that that st- and I hate reading mission statements from like BLM or any of those things not because they offend me but because they literally just make word salad in order to try to impress people. And and basically what they're saying in that whole word salad right there, if you break it down, you could put it into like three, you know, one sentence basically. And that is they believe that the nuclear, nuclear normal family is white supremacy. Yeah. That's what they believe. Yeah, they believe that a mother, father, and children is white supremacy. And if minorities have a mother, father, and children. Now, You'd be hard-pressed to find that if you go over to Asian countries or even Africa and all of those places where that's what they believe and that's what they do. Yeah. You know, they they say that it's white supremacy imposed on the minorities. This is the core at the end of the day, despite all their word salad, their degrees from Ivy League institutions, whatever it is, they are attacking the families. Yes. At the end of the day, that's yeah, what they're doing. that's exactly right. And uh, Sorry, back to I, what, John, back to what you were saying is, is that— because because of this attack and because that people are getting more and more strategic than people like me in the position that I have has to be more and more discerning mm-hmm. and on watch. Yeah. Because there are things many times that come to us that are marketed as something that's right. really good, that's really helpful, that you just hear it for take it for face value and you're like yeah wow this this would maybe help our society this this is and then the uh, the opposite end of that is is if that if you say well i disagree with that then all of a sudden you become blacklisted as somebody that's against kids with mental health issues or you know 
And so we we have to be very vigilant Mm-hmm. to make sure that we watch as these bills come through and policy comes through, that we are not ushering in a pathway for these kids to become more confused. Well, and the white supremacy thing is, is uh, very problematic because, listen, when it comes to confusion and being able to be misled or taking down the wrong, like, you know, taking down the wrong path, the most vulnerable, that's the word the left, that's a phrase the word that the left loves to use, the most vulnerable are the most vulnerable. You know, mm-hmm. it's the little John Ross Marcus Coxes in East Kentucky without daddies that mm-hmm. get taken down this path. It's the, all the, it's the black kids in the West End of Louisville. Yeah. You know, it's like back whenever school was shut down, it wasn't the rich white kids not going to school, it was the black kids from the West End not going to go to school. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's like... Didn't have internet and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, didn't have internet. You know, it's like, I, I tell people a lot of times, like the West End of Louisville is an Appalachia or, I mean... You you could plant you plant right. me in the West End I can fit in you know what I mean somebody from the West End can go to East Kentucky and fit mm-hmm. right in but the same the, the hood into the holler holler into the hood it's just it just it just kind of we're all we're, I was raised by my grandmother for the most part mm-hmm. you know live with my grandmother till till she died slept in the same bed as her till I till I went to college because we mm-hmm. there wasn't enough like beds yeah. around or I was like too scared to sleep in the basement or whatever you know what I mean like <laughs> right. same old like the the mom the mommy right. the matriarchal right. The culture is what I is, is mm. where, where I came from and where most the black families come from. But that's that's one reason you see this white supremacy term getting thrown around is because they know at the end of the day, other than um, Christian white males, yeah. the only other culture that disagrees with this with this nonsense more is the black community. Yeah. When I got started doing my podcast, but one of my best friends growing up, his name's John Rogers, he's been in Frankfurt with me a couple of times. We started doing stuff talking about like. Uh, abortion and all this and it took us like six hours on podcast mm-hmm. and I was like listen all I'm saying is the the life of the baby should be try to be preserved I'm not saying that there's not instances where you where you end a pregnancy that's not a, it's not an abortion there's actual mm-hmm. definitions and other medical procedures that are being uh that are being performed there I was like so I'm just saying if a baby like the baby might die, but you got to try to keep it alive. And he's like, there's not a black person in America that disagrees with that. And I was like, well, why have we talked for six hours? <laughs> yeah. You know, like until the 60s, yeah. black families, the the, mar- the marriage rate mm-hmm. was higher and the divorce rate was lower in the black family than the white, than the white family had ever dreamed of, yeah. of yeah. it being. Yeah. So like, they separate us because they know they're still, you know, we're one generation away from black people not being able to drink out of the same water fountain as us. So there still yeah. is emotional, yeah. and rightfully so, emotionally scar- emotional scars there. Mm-hmm. And so they know if that breaks down, yeah. that everything they're about crumbles. Mm-hmm. And so right. I try to be that's that. Why, I, that's why they have to bring it in constantly. Yeah. To I mean, manipulate. Con- constantly. Yeah. So in this instance where the the legislature, legislator, whoever, proposed this bill i'm not saying you have to name them even though i would like to know who it was then um how did that get stopped you know how did did you find it or did other legislators see it and say hey this is a no-go or or what happened so i never try to say i do i do anything because i'll be honest i never (laughs) really know what impact i you know i mean i'm always telling josh i'm like i don't even really know what i'm doing if Mm -hmm. i'm like maybe i'm not even helping i don't know (laughs) Um, with it, when it came to that bill, it was, you know, we have a little team that we, mm-hmm. you know, that like I, that I, that I work with and they honestly prefer not to be right. on blast. They just like working in back in, in background. But I, I mean, I like to think that we help bring, help bring it to light. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it, but it got out, it got out of the house, but again, it's one of those deals where 
these guys, they don't have time to read everything. Right. Yeah. They, I mean, like they really don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so like you have to, they have to trust certain colleagues. That's why committee membership is right. supposed to be very important right now. It's mm-hmm. not because it doesn't matter if how much you like it or how much you dislike it. It's like, yeah, that's you exactly know, the right. all powerful Oz, right. like that is, that is an Oz, you know, like is already deciding what's going to get through and what ain't. Yeah. Um, but like that's, so you end up, sometimes you end up making bad votes and you, you legitimately didn't know cause you, there's not enough time today, right. you know? And so then it got over to the Senate and some people in the Senate, right. like uh, they, they, they heard what we were saying and right. saw what we were saying and were like, yeah, this is, we ain't, Going we ain't, we ain't voting, we ain't voting yeah. this bad boy. And this is, I think something that normal people can do. Yes. Read everything that gets put on the floor. Yeah. We can, you know, post probably in the link the in the description a link to maybe when bills come up, you know, where it's posted or whatever. You can read everything and st- and create groups that can say, "Hey, this isn't good. This whatever's going on here isn't great." And and then you can call legislators, and that might be the first time that they've heard about it. Leadership might be being saying, "Vote for this bill," you know, right quick, so we can get it done and, and get out of the way. But the people can kind of counteract that. That's something that people can do. Well, that's part of the reason that I started this. And I know when we get into session next year that it's going to be harder right. to mm-hmm. find the time to do what we're doing right now. But it's going to be crucial mm-hmm. to make sure that we keep the public informed about what is going on. And it's why we want people to to share and subscribe and to get the word out on what we're doing, because the more people that we have engaged in what we're doing, the more opportunity that we have to have a collective voice right, right when it's needed to make sure that the people's voice are heard. And you're right. That's why committees are there to be able to review bills. That's why that it's so important that when decisions are made to to remove somebody like me or somebody like Nancy Tate or whatever from a committee, that's that's that those eyes and that watchdog of the people to make sure that things like that do not make it through or that it doesn't get rushed through and something gets missed. And so we do their time, their votes that I give anything if I could go back <laughs> and take over again. You know, I mean, I've even sent Josh texts like, bro, you, I can't, look, that vote was yeah, bad. Why, I, why, I why did you vote for that? And I'm saying, why? What did I miss? I mean, yeah. that, that back and forth. Because they'll and, be like, hey, this is what this bill's about. And it's nothing like that. It's nothing you know? like it. Yeah. Right. And, then, and and even if you read it and sometimes. You're supposed to be able to trust and, leadership. Well, yeah. even, even if you read the bill sometimes. Uh, not being an attorney, a lot of most of these mm-hmm. bills are ri- are written from an attorney standpoint. They are written in the gray because that's where attorneys make their money. They right. do not make money on black and white. They make money on the gray areas, and so that is where a lot of times legislation is is Unless you're they try Trump. to yeah. yeah they try to make it in the gray area because make it easy you know to uh to be able to go either way with it and and uh no fact no black and white no stability in it let's make it wishy-washy and then they make it into whatever they want it to be and there's usually an agenda somebody has an agenda behind it Mm -hmm. somebody's trying to get something you know let's let's add uh if you have less than five acres or less of ground let's just throw this in here that you had you got to get a fishing uh you can't you got to get fishing hunting license on your own ground you know with 
somebody had an agenda there yep. that they were pushing and trying to make happen. Right. So I think the vigilance aspect is is key going into this session. I I've never been as excited as I am about the session we're getting ready to go into. And it's not because that I think it's going to be easy. It's because I am excited about what I know and what I have learned and what I see out of my colleagues right. and their desire to do what is right, no matter what. Yeah. And, and I've said it many times, John, the most liberating thing for me being a politician, and I know I, I've had a bunch of people tell me they hope I've enjoyed being in there because they're going to they're gonna see that I get voted out. But that's the most liberating thing for me being up there, other than knowing with, that you're doing what is right, mm-hmm. is that it, it doesn't matter if I get reelected. I'm not there to get reelected. I am there to do what is right, right. for such a time as this. Yeah. And if I miss that opportunity— it, I, if I stayed there 20 years and missed the opportunity to do what is right, right. what have yeah. I gained? Exactly. Yeah. What does it matter? Yeah. Why, our, comp- why compromise if we lose our future? Exactly. What's the point? Why, why do that if our children are going to, we're going to wake up in 20 years and you as a dad, me as a dad, you being involved in Frankfurt, you being a legislator, why compromise if we're going to wake up in 20 years and our kids have been tricked or deceived and lied to and turned into something that they hate you know what's why what is what do we have to lose we have some reputation attacks might have businesses or money to lose we might have all of that to lose but if our if we preserve the future for our children then it's worth it yes well look that's one thing i love about being down there and again like i have no idea where i'm going in this mess i mean like (laughs) My wife will tell you that uh, I'm, I ain't even going on faith. I don't. It's like I'm, I'm already out. I mean, it's already it's the the account is done. <laughs> right. right. But like I tell everyone that there's hope because you know, like I try to not say I a lot because I really do see myself being down there as being like representative of the most common mm-hmm. dude on the planet. I mean, like there's right. then you can be no more Kentucky right. than me. I mean, I, I guarantee there's been. Uh, no more there's nobody with more people from their family in prison right there's no more people with people in their family that are addicted to drugs than me there's nobody that's more stereotypical than me who has worse english who like has a terrible potty mouth who like has no business in the building down there mm-hmm. and when i walked down there i remember my first day there, i mean i would walk around with my head down i was just a nervous wreck and i just kept telling myself if it if it works out mm-hmm. you know then like it means that there's an appetite for right. the, the average person, yes. you know, like you're not supposed to be able to be white trashy like me and have best friends that were black growing up. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to be like, you know, from Southeast Kentucky and be able to admit that like, there are some like inherent, you know, uh, racial biases in right. certain yep. systems. I mean, like mm-hmm. I, there's a couple of buddies of mine that have done time in prison and we were in the same place at the same time. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it was either, yep. Something like that going on, or it was just providence. And if it was mm-hmm. providence, then that I'm, that I'm supposed to be doing something right. more than what really. I'm doing, and yeah. I should be ashamed of myself. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so, like, we just gotta. It's all we just gotta communicate that you know the the, the message. And for me, I see like I'm trying to protect people. I could see it be very easy for somebody to look at Josh or look walk into y'all's church and be like, all them 
<laughs> them uppity white, them uppity white boys with their with their beautiful white families and you know their and their and their Jesus and all that. Yeah. And I'm like, well, come look at my background, brother. Yeah. All right, like I'm saying the same thing. Like, well, they didn't see me seven years ago whenever I was an alcoholic and addicted to drugs, and they didn't see me then. They didn't care about me then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All that liberal ideology I'd bought into at college wasn't there for me whenever I was in that shape. But yeah. they're so used to people yeah. not being willing to get in the trenches. And just seeing seeing what Josh is, you know, what his what his community, his church community life is like here, seeing people like yourself, like knowing how hard I go, I get right. in the trenches. I mean, I I love it in there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't even think about money or how to make money. Right. I I mean I don't I yeah. literally don't even Josh is all y'all own all these businesses out here. I don't even <laughs> think about it. I'm just thinking about trying to get the next big suburban or whatever I can, you know, get the drive around. How to make the next. There's not as much money in business as you might think. You know know what I mean? And so, like, they're not used to people being willing to get a game plan. They're used to being able to keep everybody separated, Mm -hmm. break break everything down on racial, you know, lines or what is it, like identities or whatever. Yeah. um, Identity politics. And people now are. You literally can't shame people like me any. Like, there's nothing you could say to me to be like, oh my gosh, I'm scared you're going to. Like, right. I, I, I control my own destiny. I'm already as, mm-hmm. I may, I, I'm way, it's way too much Jerry MC because I tried to go over, I want to be over the top and tell you everything mm-hmm. terrible about myself, everything right. trashy, everything wrong, yeah. all that, yeah. you know, but for some reason I got a beautiful wife, four beautiful children. And now I'm like, if there's an eye for me to say here, like I probably know more people in Frankfurt than maybe anyone else in the state on a personal level. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And it's like, I've been involved for like 16 months now. Mm -hmm. So whenever the, whenever actual good people start to get involved that aren't, you know, like, like that aren't redneck, like I am, it's going to be, it's going to be a force to reckon with. This is, this is what has happened though. uh, By, by your involvement and other, other people's involvement is that we have taken the conversation to what we want when it comes to policy mm-hmm. instead of what we think we can get across the finish line. And you look at what has happened now, and I know people are, are being, uh, they're, they're looking down on different people right now in Washington, D.C. because mm-hmm. of what was just voted for. But I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have people that are over here right. screaming and hollering about what we want and pushing what we want, they'll stay right here. They'll never move. Yeah. And they, we've walked out of there many times, mm-hmm. many times. And, you know, sad because we didn't get exactly what we wanted. Mm-hmm. But knowing that if we had not done the work that we'd done and we had not spoke the truth and we had not stood our ground, we would have never got anything. Yeah. And I, and so I think it's important, and I think that is what these guys, uh, John, has brought to the table is that we we've we've had these discussions before. It's like, nope, don't take that out, don't don't remove that from the bill. Go in there and say it, mm-hmm. and see what happens. See what kind of results. See what people do. Yeah. And by doing that, we move the conversation. We yeah. move it in our direction, and we've been able to see some good policy get passed. Because we have done that, and I say we because it's been a collective effort. We couldn't have done it 
without many more of our colleagues that John's talking about that he has personal relationship with, but people that he's been in their office. I've been in their office. They've been in my office. We've been in rooms together and, and went through these things, and we have fought for the same thing, right. standing bold, and the boldness has brought the conversation mm-hmm. to a place that it's not what we want, but it's much better than what we were going to get. Yeah. you agree with that? Oh, I, I, absolutely, and I've actually had to, had to, had to battle with that because – it's a blessing. It's a blessing being in the room. I mean, like I really, I mean, I'm in awe of like God's power that I'm, that I'm in a lot of these conversations I'm in. I mean, I mm-hmm. really, again, I try to, I try to do everything in confidence with you know, Josh. I mean, we're buddies now, so I can put him on blast whenever I, whenever I need to, but you know, all the other ones, you know, like that's, I kind of try to operate and I'm like, listen, I won't use your name, but don't use mine either. Cause I'm, I got a good reputation, I, and I can only—I can't deal with yours because you're with your because you being so wishy-washy. I can't. Don't even tell people we talk. Um, but when you know what you were trying to get done, right? It 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 like it makes the good. You can, it's mm-hmm. hard to see it. Yeah, and so it even makes it hard to let other people right relish in the right. in the yeah in the you know, moving. What's the go- called a victory? Yeah, yeah in, in the victory. You know, because I'm like. He'll be like, did you write, did you write this or did you write that? And I'm like, I mean, I did, but I don't, I, they changed it. I don't really know if I want to take on take that credit. Well, we, we saw that with Senate Bill 5 uh, yeah. That, yeah. that dealt with the obscene material and uh, in, in schools. And, and we we went through that. And there was no way I was not, I, I had actually called an attorney, the, the, I think the morning that we, of uh, the day that we were going to pass it, or maybe the morning before that, the day before, and just said, look, if I vote for this bill, do I move it at all? Do we move the needle at all? Yeah. And he said, very little, but I think this part, this point is something that will actually help us a little bit when mm-hmm. it, if it came to litigation. And John and I had this conversation. We went round and round about it, and that was one of those bills that we passed it but we still didn't get genderqueer out of Jefferson yeah. County schools. Still so we, we, we didn't take it as far, but we, so you get caught in between that of, of sometimes you want to celebrate, but you know what you are fighting for and you right. know what I had it, house bill 173 that I put out. That's what we wanted. Yeah. We didn't get all of that, but we do know that we wouldn't have got what we got had people not stood their ground and fought for it. Right. And I, this is just a, a side point, but kind of ties in that the big secret of the, and it's not really a secret of the liberal ideology is that the only way that it can convey that it can advance is with your compliance, our compliance and our silence. That's why they put so much emphasis on censorship. And if we do not comply, I'm not talking about to laws because they, they're not into complying with laws at all. They're into doing their own things. But if we do not comply and we do not remain silent, that's one of the biggest weapons that we have against that liberal ideology. That's why you see them putting so much focus and power into corporate structures, into social media structures, because they're trying to force your compliance and your silence. If we speak up and we're allowed to have a platform where ideologies can go head to head, without their violence conservatism always makes the most sense and always wins yeah but if we're compliant if we think it's too tough if we're silent we think that there's going to be too much backlash that's what they need to succeed 
in in an absence of discussion, stupidity always wins. Yeah, and and I I remind myself often the reason why I'm there to glorify God, but right. the reason that I'm there is so that truth has a seat at the table. Yes, and so I've I've had some colleagues come to me that that have stood firm, John. Some of them that probably have made this statement to you, but they've came to me and they somebody said i i don't even know why i'm here and another one of them said a good friend of mine looked at him and said just imagine what would happen if we weren't here mm-hmm. if you wouldn't have been here yeah. imagine what could have possibly happened and how far it could have went the other way and so a lot of times you're, we're not just advancing things, right. but we're blocking. Right. We're trying to keep things from mm-hmm. advancing that we know is going to be detrimental mm-hmm. for our state and detrimental for our kids. And so we could go, we could talk about this all <laughs> night. Uh, it's been a, been a great time, John. I appreciate you, John. you coming. Uh, Tell us a, a little bit about your podcast, that, that what it's called, and where people can find you at. Yeah, yeah so you can find me on any um any of like the audio podcast platforms, you know, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, all that good stuff. It's just way too much. W a Y the number two M U C H J R M C. It's way too much. John Ross Marcus Cox. I go, I try to go over the top, you know? Um, so it's not, it ain't politically correct, and it, but it's what normal people are saying around their, around mm-hmm. their dinner table. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I try to be a little, little educated in there. I do got me some education. I got a little bit of it. Um, <laughs> more than Matt Jones. No, a little, little more, a little more, a little more than Matt. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't go to Duke or anything like that, but I think y'all went to the same high school though, we right? Did, we, did go, we did go to the same high school. Um, so it makes us equal. I feel bad for you. Yeah, I know. Um, and so you find me on any of those. You can also find me on rumble on, um, and on YouTube. And then I, on Twitter, I'm on Twitter a lot as well. Way too much RMC. So, so yeah, but I talk about a lot of these issues, try to, relate them down to the average person and, you know, kind of bridge cultural gaps between said rednecks and black culture and all, you know, all, all kinds of you know, different stuff. So appreciate anybody that uh, gives me a listen. Yeah, I appreciate, well, appreciate you bringing me appreciate on the show. you coming. You can find us on YouTube. We're also on Rumble as well. And because of the censorship that's happening on YouTube, we're, we're going to try to continue to direct people toward Rumble just so in case they do take videos down like they already have done. But we appreciate you listening. We appreciate your engagement. Share this. Talk about it to your friends and your family. Take a stand on the truth. If you got things that you would like to send us, joshcalloway79 at gmail.com. You can send us questions, topics that you would like for us to discuss. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you for watching the Josh Calloway podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to get as much information out as we can about what is going on in our state, in our communities, and across the country. If you will like, share, subscribe to this podcast, you can be notified as soon as a new podcast comes out. Tell your friends, tell your family about it. We would love to have more people participating and more people informed about what is taking place. Thank you and God bless.